Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian with your Market View. Now, central bank actions continue to dominate the headlines this week, with the US Federal Reserve set to announce its rate decision midweek and the Bank of Japan, England, following suit thereafter. Now, investors in the meantime will also face a slew of August inflation reports coming out of countries such as Japan and back home in Singapore. But how would these developments weigh on major economies and markets and what can we do to improve the resilience of our portfolios? Now, today I'm joined by Samuel Rhee, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Endowers, and we're also going to find out how wealth tech can play a role in helping us better weather against these uncertainties. Hi, Samuel. Hi, Tian Tian. Great to be here. Uh, great to have you on our show as well. So, Sam, uh, the number one question that we've been asking all our interviewees here on Market View: 75 basis points or one percentage point, where will the Fed go and where do you stand? And does it even matter? That's the other question. Yeah. But the Fed has finally turned up. It's definitely turned up with larger, a series of larger interest rate hikes of 75 basis points. And I think the commitment that they've shown, especially with uh, Fed Chairman Powell's speech at Jackson Hole, I think 75 basis point is the base case scenario. There are talks that it may be 100 basis points, uh, but at this point in time, knowing what the Fed has done in the past and where they are, I think 75 basis point is probably enough and it's probably the right call to make because I think if you do a 1% increase at this time, then it may trigger uh, worries about inflation which again triggers the, the probability that the Fed will have to ease again, maybe sooner rather than later. And that's not the message the Fed would like to send at this point. So I think the 75 basis point is the safe bet now. But as we joked about earlier, does it even matter, right? Uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell made it very clear that his number one priority is to fight inflation. But just by targeting rates and the demand side of things, how successful do you think the Fed will be when supply chain constraints are the ones pushing up prices? Great question. And it's absolutely correct. And we need to we need to start looking at inflation from two different aspects. Traditional economics tells us that's two types of inflation. One is demand pull. So that's demand being very strong. Therefore, supply cannot keep up and prices rise. Or there's the other side, which is cost push, which is the supply side. Uh, the, the inflation that we're seeing around the world these days is actually from both sides. Uh, the cost push side, supply side is impacted, first of all, from China, uh, where supply chains have been impacted because of the very tight COVID restrictions that were in place. And then obviously COVID before that. And then more recently, the Ukraine-Russia war, which had massive impact on supplies of major commodities uh, food prices, et cetera, et cetera. So we've had multiple supply chain shocks that have affected uh, the price of goods, the supply of goods, which has led to cost push inflation, which is normally temporary and will go away as the world returns to normalcy. You know, if China removes some of its restrictions, uh, the global markets and productions and manufacturers will respond. Uh, and also if and when uh, Ukraine, Russia, uh, you know, we enter a critical phase right now. But if they, for, for some reason, uh, reach uh, a peace treaty, then that will quickly go away. But the demand pool problem is much more stronger. And I think post-COVID, uh, we had people do a lot of shopping online and spend online, but they conserved a lot of cash and savings. 
And the unleashing of that into goods and services has led to a lot of push. You can see that in airline prices and hotel prices uh, and things very commonly used by us and gas prices for various reasons. So both demand and supply are a problem at the moment. The Fed is trying to affect the demand side much more, obviously. They cannot solve the supply side, but it's also a very, very important piece. And so if they can pull demand down and make it a bit more sustainable, then I think it will do enough to bring inflation down from its elevated levels. It may not go back to the mm. two, three percent or below, mm. uh, but I think it will be a, it will do enough uh, to mm. improve the inflationary concerns that exist out there. All right. So very quickly, Sam, where do you expect uh, rates to peak at? And do you think the Fed will be able to achieve a soft landing at this point? I think the, the market has been expecting um, the peak of interest rates, especially in the U.S., to be around 4%. That was the consensus. Right. But with inflation being stubbornly high, I think the market has moved higher to about maybe 4.5%. Uh, we've had people like Larry Summers and other people coming out and saying maybe even 5% or above right. is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think we are in that range of 4% plus percent at the moment in terms of where the consensus, the consensus in the market is. What is important to the Fed, I think, is to make sure the market knows that it is serious about taming inflation, that they are going to continue to hike rates until it's achieved. Now, um, if interest rate, inflation rates, sorry, uh, start coming down, how will the Fed respond? I think that's the critical question because inflation clearly has peaked or is, is in the process of peaking. We've already seen US inflation peak at 9.1% and it's come off. Um, it's not come off as fast as people expected, hence the concern. Uh, but it will start to come off because this is a year-on-year kind of number that eventually will have to come down. And so if this comes down, then will the Fed necessarily need to keep going until 5%? Probably not. So I think that the 4% plus range of 4 to 4.5% is enough. And I think the market has largely priced a lot of this in. Now, the second part of the question about soft landing, I think, is more about whether we are trying to avoid a recession or not. I think a shallow recession is still a soft landing. I think that's still a you know, decent outcome um, considering all the circumstances and inflation where it is. And to be honest with you know, the most important part of that equation is how is the balance sheet of individuals, of companies and government? And largely because of COVID, the balance sheet of consumers and corporates are quite healthy. And therefore we are unlikely to see a major crisis or a major right. dip in recession either. Right. Uh, so in that case, uh, Sam, I want to zoom in on what you mentioned in one of your commentaries. Uh, you mentioned that the bond market has responded in rather muted fashion to Jerome Powell's hawkish comments at the Jackson Hole Symposium. Do we expect the same when the Fed announced their policy decision this week? Yeah, I think the market always moves ahead of what's going to happen. So they start pricing in things um, you know, with expectations. Um, so the expectation in the market post the Jerome Powell, um, you know, Jackson Hole comments um, were that the market was already pricing in a 75 basis point, maybe 50 to 75, moving that range. Um, if the Fed raises the, uh, the, the rate hike uh, by 75 basis points, effectively, you're moving from 2.25 to 2.5 now to 3% to 3.25%. And the market has already moved beyond that to 35 to 3.8%. So I, I think the market has already priced in a decently large rate hike, 
they're expecting a further increase in November and December, whether that's 75, 50, or 25, is going to be data dependent, as the Fed has stated. Uh, but the market is always going to stop pricing in that um, much ahead of the curve. Right. If you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Samuel Reed, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Endowers. Um, Sam, I'm just going to put these uh, two questions together since I'm a bit uh, mm-hmm. running short of time. Uh, we are expecting more rate decisions by Bank of England, Bank of Japan, more inflation reports from Singapore, Japan. Any surprises that you're expecting for the moment or is it going to be nothing much? I think the Bank of Japan will be nothing much for now because they continue to state that they don't want to change their monetary policy in any major way, despite the yen weakening so much. Inflation is picking up, but that's fine. That's what they want. Bank of England is, has got a critical decision to make, whether to follow the Fed and uh, with a 75 basis point rate hike, or they're going to stick to their 50 basis points rate hike. So I think that's a decision that they'll make. Um, Singapore is probably the most important market for all of us uh, here in Singapore and our listeners. And so uh, I want to focus yes. on Singapore, right? Singapore's inflation has picked up quite rapidly. So the last data point in July was 4.8% core, 7% you know, CPI, which is very, very high. So we've already seen the MAS take action three times this year. Uh, the next decisions in October, should we be waiting until then or should we move before following the Fed tightening that's going to come this, you know, this, this coming week? Um, I think that's a decision that the policymakers will make, but there will be more action most likely. And most likely, um, the Sing dollar and will appreciate against a basket of currencies, maybe not against the US dollar. Um, and uh, I think that most likely they will continue to tighten. So I think it's something that we need to expect because inflation uh, is becoming stubbornly high in Singapore as well. Right, certainly of concern. And uh, speaking of that, uh, Sam, big question for us as well. How should us as retail investors be positioning our portfolios? And well, speaking of endowers, how can wealth tech help in this regard? Absolutely. Um, I think that when it comes to investing, it's a very, very personal experience. Everybody has diff- is in different circumstances with different income level, different amount of wealth saved up. Uh, different goals in life, uh, different risk appetites. So it has to be a very personalized experience. I think um, the traditional incumbent financial institutions and wealth service providers may not have been able to provide that uh, personalized service. And so wealth tech and companies like Endowas uh, allows that hyper level of individual personalization that um, caters to the individual's needs and their appropriate risk uh, and their you know, goals, uh, financial goals that they're aiming after. The way we like to see things is that if you want to succeed with your long-term investment plan and build wealth for the long-term, what's important is to start with yourself, first of all. Then the second thing is to build a core allocation. Core allocation meaning a broadly diversified, global, and low-cost, and preferably passive portfolios. We can have some activeness, but it should be remain diversified, which allows to mitigate risk, and give you the best chance of success. Now, once you've built up this meaningful core allocation, then obviously you can explore satellite strategies or side strategies that expose yourself to certain overweights in certain countries or sectors, like you know technology and China or US and you know oil commodities. Uh, but it, it, we have to be cognizant that it does involve higher risk and a lower probability of success. The reason is because the statistics show that 70% of active investors, even professional investors, actually fail to beat the benchmark. And more importantly, when markets are down, as they have been this year, 
more than 90% of them have underperformed. So it is a higher risk, higher reward strategy, and probably not the best way to invest for individuals. But what I think is worse than that is if you keep changing your strategy all the time, the worst thing you can do as an investor is to react to markets, which is that you, it's important, you, know, you, you see markets go up and you chase it and markets go down and you sell it at the bottom. These are the kind of behavioral mistakes that people make when they invest in financial markets. So it's important to come up with a long-term investment plan and stick to it. Uh, one of the most important things, especially when you're in a dial market, is to lower cost as much as possible. And this, this is where endowers and digital platforms are the lowest cost players, and they significantly give you a better chance of success. All right. Thank you very much, Samuel. That was Samuel Ree, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Endows. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.